Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, I am Nate Bauer. He is Sean Fitz. This is the Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition. We are talking Penn State. Northwestern this weekend. We're going to talk about a number of different things that have happened this week. Let's get right into it. Fitz. What's up, buddy? We don't have time for catchy intros. But it's crockpot season. I I figured you would spend a good five minutes at the beginning of this episode talking about what you got in the crockpot. I I did make a pot roast on Monday, and it was a delight. So thank you so much for your interest. I appreciate that. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's uh, an interesting week because it got cool last at the end of last week. We've got some potential rain in the forecast for Penn State Northwestern on Saturday. Um, so, you know, that's bringing down our vibe a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we're doing OK, uh, for, uh, you know, covering the team throughout the week. I think it's, uh, you know, stop. Stop acting like the weather is the elephant in the room because it's not. There is an elephant in the room and we have to address it. Sean. Should I talk about it? I'll talk yeah, about I, it. I thought that was the setup. <laughs> yeah, that was the setup. That was the setup. Okay, so. Precisely those... what you told me you were going to do before yeah. the episode. <laughs> on the air. Yeah. So, so for those who have not been uh, following along and diving deep into the depths of message world, world uh, only a dollar to join uh, at Blue White Illustrated, the Lion's Den, it's where it's at. Uh, so there has been some speculation rampant this week that, Penn State quarterback, sixth year, Sean Clifford, uh, could might not be available or might not be used, coach's decision, uh, on Saturday for Northwestern. Uh, and this is all based on an Instagram post from Deny Dennis Sutton on, I believe it was Monday, in which he had a caption over a picture of Alar saying, uh, QB1. Uh, I want to make sure that I quote this directly or correctly, I should say. Um, And so from that post, things kind of started to trickle, right? And I think I looked for some things. Sean looked for some things. We we had some conversations. And uh, the the consensus among us, you know, whether it was people on the message board claiming to have information or just things that we noticed is, is that, uh, it's not totally out of the question, right? Like there was there wasn't a complete denial or a complete rejection of this notion. And so, if you parse some of the words that James Franklin said on Tuesday, uh, you parse some of the answers that he had on Wednesday, and let's be honest about this: some of the questions that were asked on Tuesday and Wednesday were in a very roundabout way an opportunity to to get him to touch on or discuss somewhat the possibility of this being the case. So that being said, hopefully I explained that 
appropriately and correctly. Sean, what's your take? Where, where you know, where do you think this is in terms of uh, you know Drew Alar potentially being the starting quarterback for Penn State on Saturday? Well, it's also important to notice we went to practice on Wednesday night. Sean Clifford leading the team through drills seemed to be moving around fine. There's been talk, uh, you know, is his knee bothering him again? Sean Clifford's taken a beating over the last couple of years. I don't think it's any any surprise there. Yeah. Um, and and it's just, you know, the conspiracy theorist and, and you thinks there's a bye week next week. So, you know, either, if you do get him in the game, get him in and out and see what you've got because you want to play Drew Aller. I mean, there, there's no secret about that. James Franklin's been up front that he wants to get him in the game more. The situation hasn't quite, you know, uh, presented him with that chance uh, yet. And and it didn't again last week against Central Michigan when I thought we'd see him in the first half like we yeah. thought we'd see in the the Ohio game. Um it's weird, though, because, as you mentioned, they had had a chance to squash this. They, they were aware going into the press conference that this was going to be asked. And it was just a really interesting uh, set of I'll go back to vibes from from the program this week, because it's, uh, you know, I, I don't think you can look at that and say, well, it doesn't make a little bit of sense, you know. So, yeah, I, it's 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 just a really weird situation because the you have the ability to say that your six year quarterback is a starter and nobody thinks anything but or anybody thinks anything of it. But when you've got the five-star freshman in the wings, who's played well when he's been in there, obviously as we've documented has a long way to go. I mean, he's, he's a really, really good quarterback prospect, but he's going to need time. He's going to need reps, but these reps might be available. Northwestern's coming into town, coming off of two straight losses to three, well, three, well, two straight losses to what we would consider inferior competition in Southern Illinois and Miami, Ohio last week. So you think, Kind of like we've thought going into Ohio, going into Central Michigan, this would be the opportunity to get him out there. And and let's talk about the other elephant in the room that that Drew Aller came in as a five star prospect. A lot of those guys play right away. This is a new era in college football, so this is something you want to keep your guys happy. It, it's easy easier to keep Nick Singleton happy rotating him through his backs with a quarterback. You've got one ball. You can't do that. So I, I think it's just a very interesting scenario, and I found it very odd. You know. John, James Franklin on the record on Tuesday, not just completely stopping that people that I've talked to just, you know, it's a lot of, I, I won't say, I won't say misdirection, but like, no, it's a, a lot it's a, more, you know, it, people have been a lot more upfront. So I, I'm, yeah, we're quizzical in nature here on the uh, blue white illustrated podcast. You and I uh, curious, <laughs> a couple of cats cutting it up. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. That's just, it's, it's, it seems to be there but it's yeah he, he's not going to come out and and part of me you know college coaches paranoid is all hell like this is this is what they do they are paranoid about everybody finding out and getting a potential advantage you know does that does that help Sean Clifford's case to play this week i mean there, there's just so many questions out there right. i'm glad we're talking it out because it's uh it, it's us running around in circles all week and and it's not reportable stuff it's not reportable information not nothing we're going to put out there saying one guy starting or the other because it's it's not that concrete. And I think it's a really interesting uh, way to look at this entire week. Yeah. It's, it's certainly, it has been a dance of sorts, right? Like you're, you're, there's, there's, there's no real denial, but also there's plenty of evidence to suggest that, um, you know, that this is maybe a seed that has been planted elsewhere that has grown into more of a story than it actually is. Uh, But, but again, I mean, I, you know, I'm sitting here on on Thursday, and I think you are as well, saying to yourself, "Hey, if if 
Drew comes out and is the first quarterback, only quarterback, top quarterback on Saturday, nobody will be surprised. I will not be surprised. You will not be surprised. Uh, but also, if it's Sean Clifford, same. <laughs> right? like they, not, neither of those scenarios, uh, I think, would would surprise us. So, and, again, and, and I think it's important. You've got the bye week on the other end of this. So if, if there is an, a situation where somebody's banged up, two weeks is a lot better than one in terms of uh, or, or just a, taking a full game's worth of punishment. It makes right. sense. Michigan then needs to prepare for some other things. So from a strategic standpoint, it, it also makes sense. Here we go. We go conspiracy theory again. Yeah, I did. I did some uh, Zap Bruder film evaluation of the game on Saturday uh, to <laughs> what? Oh, no, we spent way too much time trying to talk ourselves into this. So no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm only saying that one, Sean Clifford took more hard hits against Central Michigan than I had recalled from the in-game viewing experience I mean, he, yeah. yeah he got he got banged around uh but also on, on the other uh end of the spectrum he it didn't appear to me as though there was a definitive moment where he got up so slow or got up you know what i mean so gingerly as to suggest that there was a serious problem from anything that would have occurred in that game so that's where we're at, all of which is to say we spent 10 minutes telling you absolutely nothing. It, 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 might, it might be real. It might not. We're going to find out, uh, I think, on Saturday. Beyond that, however, uh, certainly we saw some other things on Wednesday at practice. I know that there are a couple of defensive linemen that people are still interested in learning about. What, what, uh, where do things stand there? The tone when James Franklin was asked about Smith Vilbert by himself on Tuesday, because that's also an interesting point is Smith Vilbert and Kazai Izzer had sort of been tied at the hip because it's seemingly a same situation. He was asked about Vilbert on Tuesday, uh, said he wants to sit down, talk with him before he announces anything, etc. Then he was asked about Kazai Izzer after practice on Wednesday, and it was kind of a different tone. It was maybe we'll get that worked. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but maybe we'll get that worked out this week. And, you know, he seemed to open the door more for Kaziah Izzard. Um, the, I think the challenging thing there is Izzard was in 99, which he always, you know, that that's his number. Smith Vilbert was in 99, which is, uh, it's also a member of um, Northwestern's defensive line. So I don't know that you could take away and say that Izzard was on the scout team or not in the 20 minutes of practice or whatever that we saw. Um, so there's there's still questions about his availability. Uh, I got it right now. It's possible. We'll see how this plays out this week. It's possible. He said about Izzard. So um, that that to me left the door open a little bit more. So probably it's time to separate the conversation about Vilbert, about Izzard and make them sort of their own thing. I think I think Izzard could help them in terms of their their depth up front, uh, especially defensive tackle where they've rolled uh, five guys through and and Izzard got some starting experience last year. I think if you're looking at these two strictly as impact players at their respective positions, I think Izzard would be the bigger guy to get back than Vilbert, yeah. especially with the way that Amin Vanover has played, denied Dennis Sutton has played at defensive end. So found that interesting. It seems like Izzard on the precipice of maybe making a return. Vilbert seemed a little bit more open to a interpretation, but not. Yeah. Yeah. Another guy who, Certainly, I think uh, everybody is anxiously awaiting in Penn State world whether or not he's going to return is Hunter Norzad. Uh, I think that, you know, we were able to kind of gather on Wednesday night that 
he was back at practice. So that's something. Uh, and then certainly Penn, uh, James Franklin on Tuesday and Wednesday, both of those days, he addressed questions about Norzad and more or less had the same answer, which was simply that Norzad could have played last week against Central Michigan. He dressed, he warmed he dressed. up with the team, but uh, didn't play and that they felt as though if they were able to get away with it, not playing him against Central Michigan, it would open the door to him being available this week. I think it's going to be, again, uh, uh, you know, a, a potentially a similar situation. You don't want to like so much of the conversation that I think has happened this week, uh, whether it's Clifford, Norzad, others, is with this built-in expectation that Penn State's going to roll in this game, right? That that these are that this is an opportunity where you don't necessarily have to play all of your best players, even if your best players are less than a hundred percent. And and certainly there's been a little bit again of a dance in terms of Penn state and James Franklin saying, Hey, you know, <laughs> you got to win the game. You still, you still, you still want to go one and oh this week. Um, so that's something that they're going to have to resolve. One, they, one they, more guy. I'm oh, sorry. They did. They did that last week with Norzad with Kevon Lee as they brought him yep. out, they put him in pads and, and labeled them with, if he needed to play, you know, using the finger quotes here, if he needed to play, they would have been available. So I think yep. that just gives you one more week as uh, in terms of, of rehabbing, getting back where you need to be. Um, so if they were that close to playing last week, you you feel pretty decent about them being able to go this week. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, should be noted, Kevon Lee was dressed and practicing last night on Wednesday, uh, whereas the week earlier he was not. But, uh, but, one guy, but, also, but also that bye week is, is looming as well. So Norzad yeah. doesn't play on Saturday. That's an extra week to get ready for Michigan, which you could argue is a good thing to do. They also, Penn State wants to redshirt J.B. Nelson. I know he played last week. It's just his second game. They didn't put him in the Auburn game for 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 those reasons because uh, yeah. they wanted to preserve that redshirt and use him in an emergency basis. Probably the wrong word there, emergency basis, but uh, see what he's got. And they, they seem pleased with the way that he played. Um, against Central Michigan, but they would like to, he's got four years to play three, like to maximize yep. that uh, that eligibility, get a red shirt on him, and then have three more years with him because that's, I mean, that's that's a really uh, opportunistic, uh, no, that's a really really good opportunity for Nelson to to mature, to get stronger, and to use that extra year that that, that is possible for him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nate, did I lose you? I lost you, but we're back. Router issues. <laughs> you just got a new um, router this week. It should be should be taken care of. Uh, one one more guy that we need to mention, uh, Tyler Warren, was not at practice. Uh, in the you know we saw twenty minutes of practice, um, but something to keep in mind and to note. Uh, Central Michigan. Just let's touch on this real quick. Uh, you know. Where do you think this team is? Where do you think Penn State is coming out of last week going into this game? I think it's a, I think it was a good experience for them. I mean, you you obviously want to put up 60 and roll them, especially if you get out of the gate 14 to nothing. 
um, in the early goings, but I think it's a good experience to get smacked in the mouth like they did um, play a defense as aggressive as central Michigan. Um, and, you know, just that that's a, that's a Mac team that tried to bring it to you. You were, you were able to win by a comfortable margin. So you're feeling good about that, but coming off of a big win uh, at Auburn against an SEC team, maybe feeling a little bit better about yourself than you should have been. And I think that's a, that's a very grounded win right there. And I, I think that is something that they can benefit from. They can also take a look at the the tape and, and patch some things up because, you know, they're a top 10 team now and they they've got holes, you know, every mo- most, if not every top 10 team still has some things to work on. So um, maybe get a little bit exposed in a, in a game where you win by 19 is, is a pretty good thing. So I, I like that, um, you know, still, still work to do on the running game. Thought Katron Allen played a heck of a game. Uh, those corners are something, man. Like they're, there's just you just go to a different one every week. Kalen King, just phenomenal player. That'll be very interesting. We're going to talk about Northwestern here a little bit because Northwestern does throw the ball a lot. But uh, I think it gave you an opportunity to sort of reflect on maybe you're not as good as you think you are, and that's yeah. probably a good thing for for this team. Yeah, no, it certainly it certainly sets up well for Penn State going into this game against the Northwestern team that's struggling. We'll, like you said, touch on that. Uh, in just a moment. But before we do, got to shout out our uh, our sponsor here for the show. Have you been looking for a reliable source of Penn State football tickets? Jim at TixmanJim.com, formerly at PSUTixman.com, has been running his ticket exchange in Wilmington, Delaware for over 25 years. Every buyer is handled with courtesy, respect, and every ticket purchase is guaranteed. Proceeds are used to fund the PSUAA Chapter Scholarship Fund and the PSU Levi Lamb Fund for athletic scholarships. Uh, get the Ohio State game, stripe out, Minnesota whiteout, homecoming uh, tickets, uh, all from uh, Ticksman Jim. Go to www.ticksmanjim.com or email Jim directly at ticksmanjim at gmail.com, or you can call him at 302-521-8380. As always, much, much, much appreciation to Jim at Tixman Jim for his support of the show. Uh, moving on, Northwestern is a program that uh, has a, a head coach that a lot of people respect. Tons of respect out there for Pat Fitzgerald. <laughs> But, uh, you know, has had... We respect him as well. No, you can add that. Yeah, yeah, I respect him. But, come on. Has had... Yeah, no, they're having some issues currently uh, as a program. And so that right now, in in the present present tense, means a one and three start to the season, despite a win in Ireland. I believe that game was in Ireland, right? Dublin uh, over Nebraska to start the season. Obviously, since then, we've... Uh, come to understand that Nebraska is a train wreck. Uh, and then following that win, That's they lost. It, well, yeah. Hindenburg. Uh, <laughs> since that game, Northwestern has lost 31 to 23 to Duke at home, 31 to 24 to Southern Illinois at home. And then most recently last week in a game that, uh, you know, they lost at the very end, lost to Miami of Ohio. Also at home, so three straight losses in a row at home for Northwestern, uh, seventeen to fourteen. So what do you what do you what do you make of uh, of this Northwestern team and and where they're at right now? 
That is a great question um, because you look at the tape and some some good things pop up. Uh, their tackle, Peter Skoronsky, a really you know top fifteen pick, top twenty pick maybe in the NFL draft next year. Um, so there's there's spots where they have talent, um, but there's there's going to be issues here. Northwestern is in the top ten in the country in pass attempts. That's not something you've ever heard before. Like Northwestern yeah. is is a program built on blue collar, running the football, et cetera. Ryan Helensky is going to come out and throw a lot. Um, and now a lot of that has been out of necessity. They've played from behind um, and, and, and really they're in kind of a reeling spot. And I don't think it's the most efficient use of their time for, for what they have offensively, but they're going to throw a lot. The, the downside to being top 10 in, in attempts uh, or passes thrown this year, I think they're third in the country or third last in the country in yards per attempt. So that's, um, not a ton of big plays coming either. This is a, an offense that doesn't really score that much. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you've heard Nate in the, in the past talk about the importance of scoring points, but uh, it's for, all, for all the complaining about uh, that, that we've done about Penn State on that, on this end, uh, you know, Northwestern is struggling as well. So I, I, I think they've got some pieces. I'll be very interested to see if the weather plays a factor. We're talking rain, you know, the, the, uh, the end of the, or the, the bands of, of rain that could come up from the hurricane. Um, but this is a, this is a game that they, I think they would like to shorten, like run the football, shorten it and maybe slog their way through it. And, you know, our predictions, which we'll get to in a little bit, are a little bit lower scoring than, than we're used to seeing. But this is also another game that Penn state has a distinct talent advantage on both sides of the ball. And, and they should have the opportunity if you can break off a couple of those big runs an opportunity to put some distance between them and, and the Wildcats fairly quickly. Yeah, I think I think one thing stands out to me and and not that this is, you know, some crazy insight, but th- this is an opponent for Penn State where building an early lead I think becomes m- important but can can really uh magnify and help uh speed up the process, right, of of getting away from Northwestern to a point where Northwestern can't catch up. This, this is not a Northwestern team that is built to play from behind. Uh, and so, you know, I think if you're Penn state and you look at the quarterback and you look at your defensive backs, you say to yourself, Hey, th- this is prime opportunity season to create turnovers, to create interceptions, to, to really, uh, maximize that unit, but you want to, you want to, for as much as Northwestern has thrown the ball again, uh, you know, based on what you just said, it, it has been from a position where they have needed to. And so I think that if you have the opportunity to, to uh, get, again, get them into those situations early in the game, it, you know, it, it just sets up very, very well for Penn state to maximize what it's good at on really on both sides of the ball. Right. Because certainly defensively, you can take advantage of potentially some turnover opportunities. But also, if you're Penn State's offense, uh, right, quick, quick, quick strike offense, um, you know, clearly, again, the weather might play a factor in that. Um, but also you have an opportunity to run the ball against against the defense. Really, you could do either thing. <laughs> against this Northwestern defense. I, I mean, I think that uh, that the numbers spell that out, which if I may. 
82nd in total defense, 91st in rushing defense, 74th in passing yards allowed, 70th in team passing efficiency defense, and 81st in scoring defense. Like, there's nothing good. Nothing good on its face. But then you look at the opponents that this has come against and at home. I mean, look at the the disgust on your face, Sean. It's just... I was just looking at the, the, the Big Ten defensive stats. They're 13th of 14 uh, in, in terms of yards allowed in rushing. And the, they give up 161 yards per game. Nebraska, who is their only Big Ten opponent to date, has given up 233 yards per game. And that's there's obviously a big gap there, but that, that was the disgust on my face. Um, but 4.4 yards per carry, Penn State, namely Nick Singleton and Katron Allen, should be, should be able to do something with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think for on the defensive side of the ball, obviously we, we just mentioned, um, you know, kind of the points that they've allowed one thing that, that stands out typically. And again, this is kind of a traditional stereotype, uh, but Northwestern teams have typically been fairly physical that, right. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they are willing to bring it to you you know, was last weekend a wake up call for Penn state to that end, because I I did think one of the things that stood out about Penn state from the Auburn game was James Franklin talking afterwards about how he had felt like that game in particular gave Penn state a boost in that department and being a more physical team that he wanted that to be an identity that Penn state had as a team. And so he was, he was kind of trying to foster that and uh, give it praise. He talked specifically about Sean Clifford being able to bounce back from one of the hits that he took early in that game. I I don't know that we could say that that happened last week, right for Penn state in terms of its physicality, Uh, you know, where, where do you, where do you kind of see this one in terms of what Penn state will have to do in terms of a physicality department based on, uh, certainly the matchups itself, but also maybe, maybe how the weather might come into play a little. Yeah. Bit. I mean, I think going back to what I just said, they, they're going to have to run the football. Um, you look at Northwestern who has the tape that central Michigan put out in front of you attack with, with numbers. And that's something that Penn state's got to take advantage of. So while we talk about running the football, running the football, it's about catching them in the right looks and then maybe yep. slipping it down the seam, getting it over top. Uh, break, you know, they don't have the extra tackler in the in the secondary, maybe breaking something long like that. So that's an ex- can turn that into an extension of your run game. Be interesting to see if they get uh, Keandre Lambert Smith the ball a little bit more to to maybe shake one of those. And and he's had success with it in the past. So um, you just look at Northwestern. Nothing's overly scary. Um, you look at the efficiency ratings in the Big Ten, 11th in offense, 11th in defense. So consistent, you know, but not not good. Um, so. It's just it's it's an opportunity for Penn State, and we said it in a couple of games this season. And, and it's we have the um, uh, we have the habit of maybe comparing Northwestern right now, given the slide that they're on, the way that they've played, more to one of the MAC teams than one of the Big Ten teams or the SEC team that that Penn State has played. Um, so I think that'll you know not that that not that any of that matters, but Penn State should be able to out athlete them and, and yeah. really make some things work. That's great. Um, but you also have to out execute them. And that's really where Penn state's holes have been is, is the lack of execution a lack of, um, you know, knowing which hat to get on when you're pulling and, and, and just little things like that. And that, those are the things you need to clean up before October because everybody knows what's waiting on the other side of that bye weekend. So yep. 
this is, and you don't want to call it a tune-up because it's not a tune-up. It's a Big Ten game. You know, you've got an opportunity to to improve your record in the Big Ten, and that's that's what matters here. Um, but uh, yeah, nail down those things. Um, I, I hesitate to say get more physical because I don't know that that's like a thing. Like we can say they got to be nastier, they got to be tougher. It's not really a thing. You don't go out there and coach it, and you don't grit your teeth harder and block harder and all that kind of stuff. It's yes, it's about- you do. It's about staying on top of what you need to do and and executing, and that's that's really where Penn State, you know, they fell behind, they didn't fall behind in the game, but went from fourteen nothing to fourteen fourteen, and just yeah. kind of went into neutral, and that's the thing that you've got to avoid, and that you, then you get sloppy in execution, and that trickles down to you know uh, an extra the extra first down that you could have had in field position, you know, so there's there's so many things that come from it. It's just you got to stay sharp and execute, and if you do that, you should win this football game. Yeah. And, and certainly, you know, look, like cliche as it may be, last week for Penn State probably plays nicely into that, right? Is that if there was a time for a wake-up call going into a game like this, that, that again, I mean, at, at just about every matchup, uh, Penn State should have an advantage and should be able to dispatch with this team uh, fairly uh, efficiently, I think is the way to put it while respecting certainly what Northwestern brings to the table. Uh, we got some picks fits where you at. I'm at 35, 10. And last week I predicted, I think 52 points and that did not happen. Um, so I'm back on the conservative side of things. Very interesting stat. I looked up on, on Winsipedia Penn state won 49, nothing against Northwestern in 2002, which also happened to be my freshman year in college. I think that might've been yours as well. Um, and since then they've won seven times, seven out of 10, and they've scored in the thirties every time they've won. And you you think some of those Northwestern teams, not very good. Some of them actually pretty quality teams, but nothing in the forties, nothing in the twenties, you win this game, it would be in the thirties. And it's just, doesn't mean a thing as a stat. It's, it's just a coincidence, but I think it's, it's just the, the type of game that these programs play. And then you introduce the weather into it. You t- you talk about Northwestern wanting to shorten the game and, and really slog is a word that we're going to use probably a couple times this weekend. I think that's, that's the way I see it playing out. Yep. And, and shout out to T Frank who texted me, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday of this week and just said, Hey, this is going to be a quick one, right? Because you know that that's going to be the approach, like Northwestern. It is, it behooves Northwestern to shorten this game as much as possible. And so just based on possessions alone, I think you're probably going to see lower scoring uh, than you would otherwise add tack on, you know, a hurricane to it. And, you know, that, that might be where those numbers play out. I've got 38 to 10. So I'm a little bolder in, in my pick, but you also, you you also added a Jake Penninger field goal in there. We'll see what happens. That's, That's a big, I mean, that, that is something that you've got to clean up and you've got to clean it up fast. And that's not just the field goal kicking. It's the, it's the place kicking. James Franklin talked about that a couple times this week. Now they're not happy with that. So on one hand, you're doing great on the punting side of special teams. On the other hand, you've got a ton to clean up in the kicking game because it's going to be very, very important next month. Yeah. You can't, when when I look at that topic, and I'll be very brief about this. uh, I, I see the misses, right. But I also see the, blocks and how easy those have come and so you 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 cannot simply put it on 
Jake Penninger. Jake Penninger. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, it, it is uh, a, a totality thing. Somebody in the YouTube comment said uh, that I was making excuses for Jake Penninger. It's not that at all. Jake Penninger obviously was not on Penninger. That was, that was in the blocking. I mean, dude came untouched up, up the middle. Like, of course, he's going to block that kick. Correct. And so, and so just as a whole, uh, Stacey Collins is actually talking today. I'll be interested to hear what he has to say about that uh, and how that has gone so far this season. But yeah. You should plug, your, plug your Instagram reel for Stacey Collins too, because that was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Blue White Illustrated Instagram. If you haven't followed it, you should start following it. Fitz, I think that's it for us. Uh, $1 for your subscription for the first year at Blue White Illustrated. Always remind people for that. If you're watching this video live, uh, I should have mentioned it 30 minutes ago, but please don't hesitate to donate to the channel. We always appreciate your support. Like it, subscribe to it, set alerts. If there's anything that you can do to support us, we always, always appreciate it. So thank you, Fitz, for your time. Hope everybody has a good time at the game on Saturday and uh, we will be back with you on Saturday afternoon with our recap.